0: Oh yes, we roll the 360 degrees, ha ha 360 degrees, ha ha 360, 306, 360, 360 degrees, ha ha
1: Right, all right. Welcome, welcome. This is KPFA's Full Circle, every Friday night from 7 to 8 p.m. And we are here. We'll Again, welcome, Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio program produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting right here at KPFA from the Huchin-Occupied Ohlone Territory, also known to the settlers as the Bay Area. All right. So this month, this is October. This is, uh, gosh, it's the 57th celebration of the Black Panther Party. And along with that, um, we're going to, you know, the Black Panther Party was very instrumental in making sure that it wasn't just understanding what the environment was without in the community, but also understanding what was happening within. And so along those lines, we're going to deal with some mental health. We're going to take a little introspective search ourselves and... um, and make, this, uh, uh, and make this about what we can do for each other as we're working through ourselves and uh, uh, building on ourselves and growing day by day, moment by moment, what have you. So let's get to it. Now, I'd like to welcome two guests I have in the house this evening. I have uh, Dr. Monica Scott and I have Miss Alicia Jones. All right. All right. So welcome. Welcome to the show, both uh, dealing with with different aspects of mental health and emotional health. And I want to welcome you to the show. And let's just start right off. Let's just start with some uh, self-introductions. So I'll start off with Alicia and then I'll go to to Monica. How about that? And all right.
2: Hi, I'm Alicia Jones. Um, I've been a therapist for close to five years now, and I have my private practice called Jones Urban Practice. Where I work, uh, majority with um, black people that are in therapy for various mental health
3: reasons.
4: And I am uh, Monica Scott, and I have a doctorate in education, but as far as mental health, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I have been in private practice since uh, 2015, and I have a part time practice located in Berkeley and i work at roots community health during the day
1: great excellent excellent now um alicia i'm going to have to ask you this is this was my fault i think i had the wrong mic on mm-hmm. so let's let, let me have you introduce yourself again okay. if that's okay go right ahead you should be on
2: okay so i'm alicia jones i've been licensed for close to 5 years um and i have my own private practice called jones urban practice in the bay area
1: all right Excellent. 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 All right. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, nothing to it but to do it. Let's kind of get things started. Sounds good. All right. All right. So here's actually maybe the first thing I usually uh, try to think of myself uh, in this spot in this role as the community. And so if I'm going through a tough time, I want to know maybe not necessarily that there's any perfect way to start, but how might I start? I, let's just say, scenario, I just lost my job. You know, I've been working there for 10 years. Everything was steady, blah, blah, blah. Now everything's just blown up, right? So I've just lost my job. Um, I'm having a tough time with it. Maybe I've been home for a month. Things haven't worked out in terms of finding another piece. And I'm just, I'm, de- I'm feeling depressed or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm going through some stuff. How might I reach out and try to get some help and, and engagement along the lines to help me going?
4: Well, I say the first step is to not isolate yourself. Give yourself grace. Know that you're not the first person to lose a job, but to really understand that reaching out for help, it's it's nothing wrong for reaching out for help. You should um, first look into um, a lot of, there's a lot of community-based mental health care where you don't have to have a lot of money or you can begin, you know, in an inexpensive way, you can come in person or you can um, do telehealth. But the first thing is to actually acknowledge that this is not, you're not the first person to go through this and to
1: reach out in the community. All right, thank you, thank you. Alicia, anything you wanna add to that?
2: Um, Often, I think a lot of black people don't know that there are websites too. Like if you're exploring wanting to start therapy, So for instance, like, um, I'm on therapy for black girls. So on the website, you can go just look up a person, like, say, wherever you live, you live in Vallejo, put in your uh, zip code. It'll pop up a a lot of black therapists that you can reach out to and see their rates. You can check out their profiles. Um, Other ways of psychology today is a good way. And I also know of a, a website. There's also therapy for Black men, where you could just go in and put in your zip code and find different Black therapists that you're looking
1: for. Okay, so there's some type of a cultural breakdown, I guess, of some sort, or at least some some direction to get somewhere. Like, for instance, if it was um, uh, uh, language, if there's a language, so bilingual or something like that, there's a there's an option to get to. Um, you know, maybe spanish-speaking maybe um,
2: yeah usually on the websites you know it has a therapist profile
1: so if okay. they're bilingual mm-hmm. gotcha you' gotcha. will have it on there
2: looking for yeah it will be on
1: there okay. yeah, great great excellent 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 okay all right and so i know that there's something that's going on with you all that's really set for for january do you want to talk about that at all and
4: yes um alicia and i um we Met as colleagues, and we just really became, I'd say, kindred spirits. And um, we, at one time, were working together at the same agency. And since we both launched private practices, we were trying to find a way to fulfill the need in the community. Um, since the pandemic, there's even been more of an explosion of a need for mental health providers. And one of the best ways to um, reach people and help people uh, manage these stressors and problems as groups. So we've been talking about uh, starting um, some different therapy and skill building groups. And we're planning on launching them in Berkeley.
1: Nice, nice. So here's what I like about the groups. Um, I think uh, even though I know that maybe there's a stigma or um, I know I think I felt it. Uh, I don't want anyone to know. Whatever my issues or my problems, no one is to know, <laughs> because in front of the world, I'm together. Whatever whatever's going on, I'm right. together, right? Um, but I do like the fact that the group might um, provide more support, uh, because then you see that you're not alone, right. and you're seeing that um, other people obviously are are there for a reason. and that right there might provide maybe not kinship but some type of relationship to understand that i'm supported at some level just being in the room or or at least being a part of the group i could see that
2: yeah both of us with our private practices we've realized that so many people especially black people are interested in groups and group therapy and there's a need but when we were even looking like you know as therapists to give resources to our clients like specifically say for black people or black women, black men with different unique issues that we deal with, like we, it's been hard for us to find resources for, you know, our people for therapy. So we were like, well, we should, you know, start doing groups on our own to fulfill that need.
4: Yes, it's essential to have culturally relevant groups, you know. There are groups out there, but a lot of the groups don't meet the needs of, exactly the needs of people of color. And when you really do the research, a lot of us respond to therapies, different communities in different ways. For instance, um, we're also going to have a, a Latina therapist join us, and they have, there are certain ways you prov- present therapy to that community so that it's not off-putting. And I hope she can join us, Ms. Doris Molina, in a future show. And the same thing with our community. In the African-American community, you know, we have a right to be skeptical about health care and medicine, so mental health is a very sen- sensitive issue.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and I think where you were going with... um have <laughs> yeah, a right because of the way we've been treated i guess sometimes mm-hmm. as as um uh, as as maybe the the experiment mm-hmm. and <laughs> being worked on whether it's the tuskegee experiments or, or what have you uh there's going to be some maybe historical memory of what that's been like and uh when you're confronted with something that's brand new and somewhat foreign maybe yes. that, that would be a concern especially when it's saying hey we got you it's all together like maybe that's not the case and a lot
4: of people don't realize it but y'all historical trauma is real and that is very present in our communities of color
2: right or even i think black people's experience with therapists too like a lot of my clients like they have had negative experiences with therapy or have never had a black per- person as a therapist mm-hmm. you know and they seek it out but it's, it's it can be discouraging right if you're a black man you want a black man therapist and you can't find one or, you know, the cost is so high that you might neglect your mental health and also like the stigma, you know, sometimes associated with therapy too.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I want to let's 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 you know what we're gonna do we're gonna take a quick I think music break right now okay. and we're gonna come back but maybe let's pick up maybe with the the stigma piece okay. I think.
4: Sounds good. that okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. Sounds good.
1: All right. Well, again, welcome to the show. Uh, we're dealing with mental health. This is KPFA. This is the Full Circle Show. And we're going to take a little uh, music break here. And we're going to jump right back into something to kind of get us back into the groove. All right. Let's go.
5: Always and forever, each moment with you Is just like a dream to me that somehow came true And I know tomorrow will still be the same Cause we've got a life of love that won't ever change. And every day, love me your own special way. Melt all my heart away with a smile. lonely, only, and take a second to give to me that magic you made.
1: right all right all right we are welcome back this is kpfa 94.1 fm this is full circle every friday night from 7 to 8 p.m and we are talking about mental health with uh ms alicia jones and dr monica scott and um if it's okay if i say alicia and monica going for is that okay please do alicia yeah. alicia alicia like alicia Alicia Keys. alicia mm-hmm. i'm sorry That's yes true. Alicia, okay. And um, so let's see. We were last talking um, before the break. We just mentioned the word stigma um, about mental health. And so I'm going to share. I'm going to abbreviate it (laughs) and edit it down a little bit. (laughs) But I remember uh, upon seeking some help, my biggest fear was who's going to know. So who am I going to speak to? Who do they know? Who do they know that I know? (laughs) And all of a sudden, um, I don't think I've really questioned, you know, when I've gone to a doctor in a hospital, I've never questioned them on their credentials. I actually haven't. But in this case, I question almost everything (laughs) in this case. So um, circling back, let's get an answer from both of you in terms of uh, how do you deal with the— how do we maybe overcome? Maybe that's the question. How do we overcome that stigma of mental health and and, and reaching out for support uh, in in different ways? I just gave you my my way in which I was sort of stuck.
2: I think um, a part of it is just like you can reach out to therapists. Like when I get new clients, I do a phone consult, right? So any questions they have for me, like that's the place, you know, where you can to kind of make them feel comfortable too, if they haven't started therapy before. So I think a part of the stigma is kind of like what we're doing right now, just talking about black people and mental health. Mm -hmm. Cause like, as Monica was talking about historically, it was like, oh, you're crazy, right? If you're seeing a therapist, Mm -hmm. which it's not like that. Like we're black, we deal with racial trauma often, you know? So I think just like how we're having the conversation right now, that's a big way to like, lessen the stigma around therapy.
4: Yeah, I think that initial conversation with clients, especially when you do like a phone consult, as Alicia said, It's a good way to help them bring down their anxiety level about reaching out for help. I mean, intellectually, we all know there's different times in our life that we always need help. But because of what has happened to us historically, and then also some of our home training, like, okay, you know, you got to put a certain face forward when you're out in the community. We're not going to let that out. We're going to keep all that bottled up and take it and deal with it at home well the long-term's effect aren't very healthy for us so what we have to do as therapists is make the uh, person who's seeking help feel safe we are bound to keep confidentiality and um, let them know that this is a safe place for them to have those discussions and even in the group we're going to be doing that everyone in that group is going to be bound to each other's safety and confidentiality
1: Interesting. So, is that something that um, I guess there may be some when you first meet them? There's some exercises you all go to to maybe maybe you talk about the ground rules. We do in the very beginning. Yes. Yeah. So okay. It's
2: kind of like the first session. You let them know like how you were saying like I don't know who you are. Like, tell them who you gonna know, tell my business. That's why you discuss confidentiality. Like, it's illegal for you know to talk about your business. With other people, unless it's like a clinical supervisor, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. consultation type
1: thing. Mm. Now, let me just, I'm, this just popped in my head because you mentioned earlier, you mentioned the groups. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, um, you, you try to get light groups together. Uh, so, again, going and using the stigma piece.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, the therapist I ended up using was a, was a black man. Um, I don't know how that worked out but it worked out in, the, in that way however <laughs> when you might have thought that that's where i'd be comfortable mm-hmm. i actually felt uncomfortable because i'm looking for okay who does he know yeah. that i know? <laughs> does know, <laughs> you know does he know my cousin you know does he know does he know my group of friends or something like that so um how do you how would you maybe address or overcome that because i'm thinking that like in other words i might have looked for a white man or an Asian man to be my therapist because at least they're in a different group, a different socialization than I'm normally in, in terms, and so that way, you know, it's just gonna be us having that conversation. But I know that I've kind of pruned, you know, pruned the tree branches somewhat. Yeah,
2: but I think a big part of it is knowing that basically it's illegal, like even if he knows your cousin, right? If he could
1: have you okay. and
2: your cousin as a therapist, it's two completely different things to where he can't say in session about what you're going through in your session. Understood. So that's why it's that confidentiality piece, just to reassure people like, I'm not going to talk to anyone, you know, Excellent. about your business.
4: Okay. Right. And the, th- the, it's all about having that safe therapeutic space and Mm -hmm. that's what we're bound to provide for them i mean it's illegal but we're bound to provide that safe space so even when we um, um begin a group we have to go over those ground rules because it the space has to be safe or it won't be therapeutic and you know I think that a lot of the stigmas are starting to change in communities of color, and I see it more with the generations, the younger generations, but still, there is that space that, you know, we have to make sure that people feel comfortable when they begin this process. And then, like this radio show, this is a perfect platform to let people know, hey, you don't you're no different than anybody else. And if you're going through something, there's nothing wrong with reaching out and getting help.
1: Great. Excellent. Excellent. So um, with that, I want to maybe transition a little bit. We just played a song. Um, we played Heat Waves, Always and Forever. And so I, I actually want to bring this this question up. So we're going to switch. I think I started out talking about work. You know, what I, what happened? Now I'm going to switch to relationships. So the so so the title of the song always and forever. So I'm thinking I found my forever. <laughs> I'm with my forever, and maybe year one is just all the bliss that I've ever wanted. But now is year five. <laughs> it's year seven, and what was bliss, <laughs> it is is now almost a complete miss. And 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 so. <laughs> and and so now you know i'm dealing with some of these relationship dynamics again not getting into any specific details but if that happens then where am i going what do i do how do i start to connect i mean is and you know obviously you all have the um uh uh, the skill set as therapists to to help but what do i do if i'm feeling maybe cut off and You know, how do I start to to reach out and make some connections in that space? I always
4: think the first step when you're dealing with um, relationship concerns is to first do the work with you, like me working with a therapist. And if you and your partner agree to doing um, individual therapy... Each as separately with separate therapists. When you come together with a couples therapist, some you know some gains can be made. But if you have one person working on themselves, the other person not working, and then they're coming to couples therapy, that is often uh, you know just as a plan for disaster because both people are coming in with you know ideas and um, what they think is right from their families of origin and we aren't all raised the same. Right. Yeah. So you first have to, you know, work on yourself and, and decide what your boundaries are and
2: yeah, what's important. I think that's important too because if one person is working on himself and the other person isn't, like we always, we change who we are, right? The person you are, if you met someone you were 20, is not going to be the same mm, exactly. person. Exactly.
1: At forty, right, 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 and I guess you're you're hoping in the coupleship that you're taking that journey together. Right, but sometimes you drift. Mm-hmm. A set a drift, maybe. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Especially if, like, I feel like uh, even it was
1: individual. I'm not laughing at anybody. I'm <laughs> laughing with everybody right now, just so you know. Yeah. I'm but sorry, Alicia. Therapy. I feel
2: like a, a part of it is like people talking about their relationships. Exactly. In that difficulty, like what she said, like, I'm feeling this way, you know, about my partner, but sometimes it's the partners refusing to do therapy, like Monica said, or work on themselves, or doing couples therapy doesn't want to do that. Like, if, how can you grow together?
1: Right.
4: And, you know, the therapeutic process is good for developing um, new skills for communication, and that can be in many different relationships, like learning what your boundaries are, learning how to um, get your needs met. That could be at the work, between you and a boss, between you and a coworker, between you and a friend. It's learning new skills on how to, you know, basically live your best life and communicate your needs. And then when you, could do, when you learn those skill sets, you could transcend send those to other relationships that you have.
1: Okay. Okay. I think I can relate to that a little bit. You know, I come from a family, a pretty big family, and uh, loud is part of the. Uh, <laughs>
2: That's my family too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a great aunt of eight or nine.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there's so there's a so there's a there's a part of the discourse there that when loud. So the the interesting thing is at work. It's to, to, to when you're mentioning transitioning to different to different scenarios, at work then. There's no boss that's ever been able to really get me that upset, mm-hmm. right? Because they're not, the volume of their voices is nothing compared to what <laughs> I've grown up with <laughs> <laughs> or, or how I've sort of matriculated through my childhood or what have you. I'm not again, getting too deep into anything, just saying that when you mention the scenarios mm-hmm. and different skill sets, I, I guess you learn different things and you can apply them in different ways.
2: Right. Yeah, especially like, say for instance, we're talking about your boss. What if you don't like your boss and you have to stay there or you feel disrespected, right? But you don't know how to communicate that. Mm-hmm. Like you, you said, like, what you, you know, it doesn't get you that mad. Some people are just that angry, right? So sometimes like in therapy, especially being a black person at work, what that looks like, you know, discrimination, all those types of things. Like I have clients that that's a part of our therapy is processing how to navigate
1: their job, you know, and how they're possibly treated unfairly sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How does that? Um gosh, I guess that actually one of those things I think in a group setting would be really, I think beneficial. I'm thinking <laughs> right because you get feedback. Other people are giving you maybe some thoughts and just different perspectives on how I might address, you know, the same scenario, maybe three people would have three different takes. on um on what have you and then in that case when you mentioned like the racial piece i'm thinking that okay having groups of a similar build similar similar experiences and they can actually give you some 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 validation and then also uh some you know real uh maybe not just a sympathetic Response, but an empathetic one.
4: Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, when you change your behavior in the slightest way, then those you're dealing with, they have to change. They have to respond in a different way because now you are, you know, acting in a different way. And whether they want to or not, that elicits change, you know. <laughs> And being in a group, that, that's helpful to, you can role play that with the members of your group. We can talk about a theme, you know, of workplace stress or not being seen or being heard. And all of those things can be, um, that's where it works well in a group. They can, that can be worked out in the group. And then when they go back into their lives and these situations come up, they have some, some skill in at least practicing a new way of um,
1: acting and engaging. Yeah, that's amazing. Great thoughts, great thoughts. You know, I want to. Um, you know what? Before we do that, why don't we go take another quick break? Okay. okay. And then we'll come back on the other side. We'll get into a couple other things. How about that? Okay, sounds good. All right. So hold on a second. Let's see what we can pull up on our little music crate and see where we go. Wow.
6: really good to see you again, baby. And I must admit, you're looking very, very, very nice these days. I guess life must be treating you well. Oh, me? Well, I've just been doing the same old thing I've always been doing. You know, I've got a new lady now. And it's a little different than it was when I was with you. You know, I think back to when we met, the way I used to be and that cold way I used to act, but more than that, I think of how you changed me with your love and sensitivity, remember when I used to. so quickly from a cold-blooded person thinking he's God's gift to women. Remember how I used to do that?
1: All right, all right. We chill mode here at KPFA 94.1 FM with uh, Full Circle. Sometimes we just bring it down a bit. So let's get back up and let's get back into this game. So we just had... uh, That was Rick James with Tina Marie uh, with uh, Fire and Desire. So... um, I'm gonna again I try to use some of this music to as jumping off points. So how did, how would we deal with uh again, since I'm gonna say fire and desires, I'm not gonna go to the relationship. We already kinda talked about that a little bit. But maybe let's go about being disappointed. Mm. Uh, you know, disappointment, right? i you know, maybe I've maybe I thought I had my career, again, my career trajectory. I had I did I was first in my class, I was you know, the the the, the first to, to achieve this accomplishment at work, you know, fastest to whatever, the five-year award, the 10-year award, the 15-year award, what have you. But now I've got this huge disappointment. Again, um, maybe lay me off. It does go back to what I said earlier. But maybe there's something else, you know, maybe, maybe my career wasn't that. Maybe it just was never that fulfilling. Maybe I majored in something that I thought was the move, turned out not to be the move. Or maybe, you know... Um, Gosh, I've got, um, you know, uh, some who, you know, tried sports and thought that was going to be the move and it ended up not being. So, you know, you think you're going to some pro level and now that's not it. You're off kilter. How do you maybe start to address some of some of that? How about let's start with with um, Monica.
4: You know, there's a treatment modality, and it's called narrative therapy. And basically what you're doing is you're using um, that person's story and having them um, draw the strengths out of their story. We all have strengths. We all have ups and downs. We all have um, mountaintop experiences and valley experiences. But when you help a person who has gotten to the point in their life when they're disappointed. It's also a treatment modality that's very good for older people who come to, they're not in the workforce, so they feel like, you know, oh, am, I'm useless or, you know, I don't have anything to contribute. But when you help a person look back over their successes and see, like, you've overcome this. oh, Well, how did you do that? The answer oftentimes, and what their' is is with them. They have it. We help them um look at different aspects of their life or right. different strengths. but everybody contains a lot of their own solutions. We just help them look at that piece and say, "Well, you know, remember you told me um you told me you were out and you lost your business and 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 this and how you came up and you started this, and they were kind of like, "Oh, oh, yeah." Because a lot of times from the outside looking in, the non-objective eye helps them go back and say, yeah, I did do that, you know, or I did overcome that. And every disappointment might
2: lead to another shift
1: of something that's important for you. So one door closes, another door might open. Alicia, what do you
2: think? Yeah, I think, too, like, um, in therapy, we do, like, motivational interviewing. Mm So sometimes with clients, if they're feeling stuck, it's kind of seeing like, well, what is your motivation right now? You know, like, what do you want to do? Like some people, like you talk about career, you may be like, well, I was taught you work for the government. You stay there for 40 years until you retire. But it's not really what you want to do. It's like what it what's expected of you. Right. So what is your motivation? And like, how can that drive you to make the change you need to make?
1: Okay, so maybe you can actually discover or rediscover yeah. your dreams, or maybe some things. And
4: I like that point Alicia mm-hmm. brought up because uh, we both worked in government jobs, yeah. and I can okay. remember leaving a like, government job, and people say, "Oh, you're going to leave there? Oh, what's wrong with you? Yeah, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to stay and get that pension." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's not necessarily your path. We all each have different paths. Mm-hmm. I can remember my father telling me this story. He goes, you want to know how to make God laugh? I said, how? He goes, just tell me your plans. <laughs> doesn't mean you can't do your dreams, <laughs> but it might not go on the same path that right. you think it's going to go. Yeah, we actually
2: sage advice. In the same building. I think we just missed each other or we didn't know each exactly.
4: other. Exactly. Yeah, we worked for Alameda County. We just missed each other
1: oh wow
2: yeah and for me just like i got promoted so you think oh i'm a supervisor now mm-hmm. i have a little hole, i get to dress cute and i have my fancy coffee and <laughs> i hated it right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what like motivation i'm like what would motivate me and for me like monica was saying i had to look back i'm like i miss like inner working with like doing more community work like being more one-on-one instead mm-hmm. of just like supervising of mm-hmm. people so that my motivation was like, I wanna like work with kids again or help, you know, adults. Mm-hmm. So that's kinda what, what my motivation was to be like, let me finish, you know, getting licensed and to be a therapist and I love what I do now.
1: Interesting. Let me ask you a question. You said something earlier about the one on one. So does if you enter into this group, you know, session setting as you're saying, does it lead to potential one on one work that you would do with
4: in these individuals. potential for that. Potential, yes. Um, you know, some things are...
1: And does go vice versa?
4: Yeah, in the group form. Mm-hmm. But then with them being in the group form, they may want to do some deeper work and, you know, where it's not appropriate to discuss it in group or they might want to deal with some deeper traumas. And be, we're going to be able to facilitate that. They can see either Alicia or myself or we'll also have um, referrals for them to see other therapists too, so...
1: Okay.
2: Right. Okay. I think, too, like with groups, it's usually a little more general. Like what you were saying, like, especially with our people, you may be kind of skeptical at first, or there may be like general topics that you want to talk about. But like she was saying, more deeper things, like, I want to talk to someone separately so you can open up more. Mm
1: hmm. Hmm. Huh. Do you have the groups? Does, does it ever become um, cross generational? I'm just when you're thinking groups, I'm just thinking of different ways the dynamic dynamics so of the group would be constructed so would you have like you know maybe uh um, grandparents with the parent with the child I'm not saying you'd have to but yeah. but is do you have any of that where it, it, the, it crosses yeah, the
4: age dem- demographics because mm-hmm. like some of the groups like we might be doing a dbt group was uh you know dialectical behavioral therapy which is giving people skills and so there could be, be- tweens in there to seniors you know because they're all going to be coming to you know acquire a new skill set you know, to deal with anxiety and depression. So um, it really depends. Like, we're planning on doing groups uh, for six-week sessions, and um, the topics will change. And so that'll kind of drive the demographics that attend.
1: Okay. You said dialectical behavioral therapy? Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, I think, too, um, what you said, I was thinking about I did a group... um, It was black women and depression. Mm -hmm. So I think the good thing about that group that I love that it was multiple generations. So like there was a woman maybe in her 60s that could talk about just her life, you know, and like that perspective and just younger people. And it was a really good conversation. Like we didn't just talk about depression, but... You know, it's good to have. I think it's good to have groups where there's like black elders and young people, and making that connection
1: too. I definitely I believe in that. Guidance, yeah, exactly. I definitely believe yes, in that. Exactly. I think there was um, it was a two book series, I believe. I, I forget the, the 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 authors. It was I think a couple of ladies out of Texas, I believe, it was called um Sister Gumbo, and I think they then came up with Mister Gumbo. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that they took um. You know profiles of women. You know, pre college or something. Then, then you know, twenty to twenty-five. Then you know, twenty-five to thirty-five. And they kept you know this these 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 groups. You know, they just kept going through the ages till they got to someone who's you know elderly, uh, maybe 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 past seventy-five or something like that, and how they're doing. And I just thought it was a the greatest book. Um one of them that I think i I had read, because you had um all these stories, and again, you don't feel alone, I would think right if you're in your twenties and you're you're reading this story about someone in their forties talking about what they've gotten through right and it could it sort, of, it's a sort of yeah our it gives you a strength mm-hmm.
4: to rely on our elders and and listen to those stories and the communities that do that that is that's the strength that we have because they we're walking on their shoulders anyway to get where we are now exactly and to especially when we have new challenges to tap into that wisdom that's there so i really think any intergenerational work or groups is beneficial for all who are participating
1: okay well i guess i'll be participating soon my my Um, i'll take a shot at myself my birthday's coming up next month (laughs) so i'm inching closer to the to the 60 mark so i'm uh i'm 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 over 50 and i'm about to hit that one so i guess i'll move into a i I guess a a little bit of sage advice a little that's a good
4: club to be in okay
1: (laughs) okay okay (laughs) i'm sure it is i'm sure it is and being able to use that wisdom and apply it so good deal okay all right interesting interesting well i know um any other type of takes you'd like to can we kind of talk about um like you mentioned the dialectical behavioral therapy is is as one piece is there another piece that um
4: we're going to do probably a variety of groups we're going to change and do series um like we will be doing some That are probably earmarking um you know women's issues men's issues i think we would like to do some with teens but also different skill building skill building to deal with feelings of depression and anxiety
1: okay all right well along those lines let's go take another break okay and then we'll come back and let's pick up maybe from that point okay i've got some thoughts maybe and let's see Let's see what we can get out of this crate this time. Let's see what we find. This is KPFA 94.1 FM. This is the Full Circle Show. Every Friday night from 7 to midnight, we're talking about mental health, and we have two special, special guests with us. Alicia Jones. Alicia. And Monica. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. So our mental health experts are here. Uh, let's see. We were just listening to Thomas Dolby's She Blinded Me With Science. So maybe let's go with that a little bit. So um, I meet somebody. Um, well, maybe forget me. Somebody meets somebody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They meet this lady, and she's blowing. she's blowing their minds. I'm not sure if it's appearance. I'm not sure if it's the intellect. I'm not sure. You know, just the the, the personality brilliance, I'm not sure what it is. Or it could be a guy, same thing, Um, you know, some Hercules Adonis or or Shango type and (laughs) chest all out and, you know. You know, again, maybe it's the intelligence, maybe it's the spirituality, maybe it's it's something. But they're sort of blowing, and then the person just gets taken in by them, right? So they 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 get sucked. Again, maybe maybe someone's been doing socks now for the past 15 years because <laughs> they love them down to their toes. <laughs>
2: Fifteen years in, they're over it, right?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So now, in year one, doing the, doing the socks was was a was a fun experience. Now, maybe it's time for someone else to do those, to take care of them socks. I'm not sure. How do we sort of approach somebody who might be in too deep? Maybe that's where I'm going with this. They they they've really been pulling away from themselves to mm-hmm. satisfy somebody else.
4: Well, that's one thing about us as humans: we are always growing and evolving. And what usually happens in those relationships in the beginning, and it's all starry and things are fun, but you know, there's you're a different person than you are when you're in your 20s, when you're 30s, when you're in your 40s. And you, in order for relationships, I think, to be successful, you have to understand that we're both evolving, and right. so you have to. Be able to be your authentic self and feel comfortable in doing that, and you know that's usually where relationships go bad. Is when people's like, mm, you know, I'm not gonna do what I did when I was 20, and you know, like, like your analogy, I don't want to wash the socks anymore. You wash all the socks <laughs> on Tuesday, <you> know? <laughs> and wash that's oftentimes when challenges go up. <laughs> Alicia, what'd you say?
2: Wash your own socks. <laughs>
4: But it's important to know that, you know, we are always evolving as humans. And and when we get in those stuck parts in relationships, that's a good time sometimes to reach out and get some help from somebody outside the relationship.
1: Right, right. Because it's about reciprocity when it's all Mm -hmm. said and done, right? You're dealing with someone else. You you give, but you want to you don't want to take, but you want to be given to as well, I would say, probably. Mm -hmm. Right? Makes sense?
2: Yeah. I think, too, not losing yourself in relationships. Mm -hmm. Because like what you said, some people, like, you so into this thing with this person, you may become resentful, too, which is why you don't want to wash your socks, right? Mm -hmm. Because you, like you said, it may not be give and take to where someone can feel like I'm giving so much and they're not giving me enough, which can lead to resentment. So if you don't lose yourself, right, right? It makes it easier to maybe not wash your socks all the time, but not be like mad about it.
1: Got gotcha. you. Understood. Understood. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited. All right. I'm excited. So what type of so again, let's talk about a little bit. You have some you, you have a, like a um an event in January that you're going to be coming up with, right? And so you mentioned some of the groups. Can you mention some, some other type of group pieces that you might have? Or is that sort of still in development? Where, where, what do you.
2: We've talked about, we definitely want to do like, we deal with a lot, with, specifically with black people, a lot of anxiety, depression.
1: Anxiety, you know? depression, yeah, okay. With our,
2: both our private practices and in our work. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about, we definitely want to do like a group, maybe like different series. Like it might be a six week series on anxiety and you know and on depression because those are like the most kind of common diagnosis huh monica that we
4: see those are the most prevalent things that we see that people are depressed people are either stuck or anxious and we got to remember y'all we just came um out of the pandemic that we're not really out of so people are dealing with a lot of stressors Mm -hmm. you know job housing insecurity um kind trying to get back on their feet after being shut down and a lot of these stressors are even affecting their children. We're seeing a lot of the children who have been isolated. So I'm even looking at maybe doing some parenting groups, you know, to help people, you know, what's going on with the kids and um, what's going on with their, their family and family unit. So we're building out what, we're, what our offerings are. And then I think even after we do some initial ones, that might even lead to opportunities for what needs... Is out there,
2: right? And kind of seeing what people want group. You know what kind of topics would people want to see or learn about in groups?
1: Gotcha. Okay. Did some of the stuff we, we we've been discussing tonight? is that? I'm I'm hope. I know it sounds familiar to you all, but pretty. Nah, I won't say regular themes, but I guess themes that just happen because we're all. It's all life.
2: Yeah. Life right, experiences. What you say about like relationships, mm-hmm. like work stressors, right? Like, figuring out your career, because our life is like a cycle, too, where you might have, like, go through a time where you're like, I don't like my job anymore, or I'm not, like, sure about my relationships.
4: Exactly. Kids may be
2: giving you a difficult time, all that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's, like, a part of just the human experience.
4: Exactly,
3: yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Let's talk about maybe another one, and and this one maybe is, um maybe it's, a, maybe it's on the other side of the arc in, in this sense. <clears throat> let's say you've you've done whatever the work is. I don't know what that is. Maybe it was raising children. Maybe it was working. Maybe it was both. Maybe it was achieving this career goal. You've done it. Whatever that is. Or maybe it's that, you know, you mentioned something earlier, Monica, I think, and Alicia, you did too, but just uh, the different experiences at the end, maybe not at the end, but you have sort of made these accomplishments. Yeah. And so getting comfortable in that space of... Okay. What what's next? How's how's I'm I'm just throwing things out now. Just
4: like I think what you were referring to when I was talking about um, narrative therapy, and so um, once And narrative therapy can use be used for any age demographic, but sometimes it's really good with working with um, seniors, people who are retired, okay. and people who feel like I'm not in the space anymore where um, I'm really contributing but you're you're always contributing and when you help a person um, go through their life review which is one of the processes in narrative therapy you see how much you have to give I mean when you look at our like I guess American society and they have this thing like the nuclear family that's probably the weakest family structure the strongest family structure is when you have the grandparents are engaged with the children, uh. with the uh, folks that are still working, because you're drawing from all of those age demographics. Mm-hmm. Like when I was at Center for Elders, we did uh, a technology with seniors. We brought the kids from Castlemont to come and teach all of the seniors in the center how to use their tech. And it was you know, it's really profound, but it wasn't a one-way delivery. Those seniors were given those young people life lessons in just that one thing—just learning how to use a, an iPad. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I could even
2: think about like my personal experience, like you were talking about, like when my mom retired and my dad was already retired that's when i started to have kids mm-hmm. so it was like okay like my mom and my dad could stay at home with my children right exactly and just seeing yeah. how close my children are to my parents because like they've helped me raise them right the little things and it also like for my dad he enjoyed doing it right like he were talking about like what am i going to do in my life he enjoyed like walking them to the bus
1: stop or picking them up for school, you know. Excellent, excellent. Okay. All right, great. Well, you know what? I don't know how. I don't know how the time escaped this, but it is, right. <laughs> it is already that time. The hour is basically over. And I just want to say thank you both. Uh, it's just been very insightful, very helpful. Uh, talking about mental health, mental health in the community. Uh, Ms. Alicia Jones, thank you.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank
1: you. Thank you for coming and thank you for spending some time with us. Definitely appreciate it. Doctor Monica Scott. Doctor Monica. Right. Thank you.
2: Thank
4: you for having me and thank you for having Alicia and I. Um, I hope we'll be coming back again. It has been an exciting uh, show and I hope we passed on some information to the community.
1: Definitely, definitely That's what we're gonna what do.
4: Groups are about.
1: Yeah, definitely. And what we're gonna do, we're gonna put some of the contact information on the website okay. so be able to reach out. And then, like like you said, we're gonna have some some episodes here, so yes. we're gonna bring you all back if that's okay with yeah, this you two. That's fun.
4: Thank this was you. Fun this is
1: excellent, excellent. So we'll do that. But maybe real quick, why don't we do maybe some contact information real quick? Okay. For you me, got yep email number?
2: Yeah, for me, um, Alicia Jones. Alicia spelled A-O-Y-C-I-A and Jones Urban Practice at gmail.com.
4: Okay. And it's uh, Monica Scott, LMFT, and that's Abundant Life Therapy. And my uh, number is 510-393-8121.
1: All right, all right. So this is Full Circle. We are signing off. Stevie G, your host, and we will see you all next week.
2: Thank you. Thank you.